Well, good morning. God is good and all the time. I'm glad that you chose to worship with us today. And I just want to say thank you for all your prayers and support as we, a uh, uh, big group of us went to Kenya and got back safely, was it Tuesday? Yeah, Tuesday. And uh, so appreciate all your prayers. But I wanted to acknowledge one special person who dressed up specifically for you uh, today. So I could ask Austin, would you mind standing up for us today and showing off your eyes? Yeah, yeah. So you, can, you, you maybe can't tell from behind the pew, but he's got matching shorts on. So never make a deal with the pastor in Kenya. And uh, so appreciate him being a man of his word and showing up today. So, uh, but I do want to say thank you for all your prayers. I also want to remind you to be prayer for our students. We have about a hundred students and uh, workers at camp this week at Glen Rose. So pray that God moves in their life and many of them need to make the next step, right? To take that next step of faith. And so pray for them and specifically every night at 7 p.m. when they have services. So if you would uh, join me in prayer that uh, one, they would be safe, but two, they would hear from God and respond. And so today we're going to just get to take you to Kenya a little bit, all right, and show you what God did in Kenya. We have some faithful missionaries that our church gets to sponsor there. We uh, had to narrow it down to about five people who are going to give their testimony. And so right after the video, they're just going to come one after another and, and share a little bit about what God uh, allowed them to experience uh, on the trip this, uh, this week. So uh, have you pay attention to the screen and watch this video.
Hallmark Church, or as they would say over there, Jumbo. Um, I was asked to share a little testimony of uh, my experience over in Africa. And, well, being in Africa, there were three words I used the most throughout the whole trip. The first one being Jumbo, hello, which you greet with everyone. Second one being Chapati, which is the most important food that you're ever going to know and ever going to taste over there. And the third one I used the most was beautiful. Now, this word beautiful was used a lot in different situations, in different contexts. I used it to describe the physical beauty of Africa. The moment we got there, the first thing I noticed was the monkeys, the palm trees, 
the white sand beaches that they have was just gorgeous, and then the animals and the sunset and the sunrise. I also used it to describe the culture, the food, and the colorful clothing that they would have. But most importantly, I used it to describe the character and the heart of the Kenyan people. Now, when we got there, we were told that in Kenya, it was very common in the culture that they were relationship-oriented. It was rude if you passed by someone and didn't even acknowledge them. So when you're in a room, the Kenyan people always try to make sure that they talk to everyone in the room. They wouldn't leave until like, they made sure that they acknowledged you. And it didn't take long for me to see that that statement was true. There was a strong sense of community and a strong sense of care and attention for every human being and where, whoever was present. Now, one of my favorite experiences was going to a new school and being greeted by a lot of the staff members and the kids by a song and a dance. Um, they would come up to the team. They would grab us by the hand. They wouldn't even know us, and they would just encourage us to join in on the celebration. Um, now, I don't know how to dance, and in fact, I get pretty self-conscious about my two left feet. Um, but in those moments, I didn't care because God was showing me something greater. Before going to Africa, I had like a lot of anxious thoughts and worries that started creeping in as the trip was coming up. Questions like, I would say, what would I say to the kids? Um, how would, would I even connect with the people? Or how would God use me in this trip? And then I had other concerns that were more focused on my personal life, like would I have strong enough connection to finish my homework online for my classes? Or would I miss out on better and more fun opportunities here in Texas if I went to this trip? Well, these questions and similar ones flooded my brain, and I was getting somewhat uncomfortable with going on the trip. But my concerns were extremely self-oriented, but I went because I made a commitment, and I made a promise I was going to go on this trip. And my main prayer was that God would change my perspective. Uh, I asked him to see my surroundings the way he saw them. And after going on this trip with this amazing team and sharing experiences with even more amazing people, it was evident that God has answered that prayer. I can confidently say that God has answered my prayer through this trip. He has taught me how to be flexible by putting others first. For instance, I put others first over the fear of looking like a silly dying fish when I dance with the kids. Um, because at that moment, I saw bigger smiles and I heard bigger laughs from them. I also, saw, I also put others over the fear of not knowing what to say. And I put uh, others over the fear of not knowing how to connect well with other kids. But with that, I was tackled to the ground by several kids who wanted to hug me. Some even climbed over and top of each other just to reach to me. And so God eliminated that fear of not being able to connect with them. And for my fear of not knowing what to say, God has placed great leaders in our team who gave me a good example of what to say. Shout out to Nathan. Uh, on an evangelism day, Daniel, Nathan, and I, we were on a team, and we went out to the different hubs that they had in the local communities to talk to the families. Most of them were not Christians. And from there, God showed me, or Nathan gave a great example of how to plant seeds of the gospel to families who are Muslims. And so God gave me that confidence at that moment to, under, to have an example in front of me and to know how to reach and connect with the people. All to say, God showed me how to trust him and the importance of being flexible. A common phrase we would say when we started preaching over there was that the same God we worship here in Texas is the same God we worship there in Kenya. And I saw that same God we worship, but without the distractions this time. He took, God took me out of the bubble from the distractions of my busy daily routine, from hanging out with my family or with my friends, or even having the concerns of my normal like, responsibilities like in my job. But when he took me out of that bubble, I was able to see how truly amazing God was working in another part of the world, and how beautiful he was and how beautiful his love really was for each and one of us.
And before I step down, I wanted to share two verses with you. The first one is Philippians 1.6, and it says, And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion of the day of Jesus Christ. And the second one is Psalm 37.5. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will act. Thank you. Hi, everyone. Jumbo. I'm nervous. Um, (laughs) uh, I'm so excited to be here talking about my time in Kenya. But before I start, I want to let you know this testimony is very personal um, to me and my husband. Um, I'm going to be real open, honest, and very vulnerable. Um, So I hope this will inspire someone to take a missions trip or even start donating to missions. My husband and I got an amazing opportunity to visit Kenya with Mana Worldwide and Real for Christ. I visited Crossroads Academy on the second day. Um, That's whenever the guys were working on the basketball court and we, the ladies, went to the school. Um, This place was beautiful, filled with sweet kiddos, amazing teachers, and hardworking staff. This place had classrooms, a feeding center, a Bible school, a church, and a rescue center or an orphanage. Um, The Life Spring Children's Home, also known as the Rescue Center, holds 19 kids, two buildings, one holding 10 kids and the other one holding nine kids. Um, And these two buildings on each building, they had two uh, ladies. Um, They know them as mamas and they work there day and night. Um, We got to tour one of the homes led by Paul, who's a social worker. While the older kids were at school, there was four babies in the house. And some of the ladies from the team Um, We stayed behind, and we just wanted to hold the little ones. Um, As we held each child, Paul would tell us stories of how each child ended up in the rescue center. These were some heartbreaking and devastating stories. One that particularly stood out was this baby who was found in a latrine or a septic tank, seven feet below ground. It's already hot in Kenya, but I can't imagine getting baked in a dark hole, breathing toxic fumes and being terrified, needing someone's help. When she was rescued, she had burn marks all over her. The man who rescued her, a grown man, had passed out from breathing all these fumes. It's an absolute miracle she's alive and she's so beautiful, strong. After hearing her story, there was not a dry eye in the room, especially surrounded by ladies. (laughs) This was an extremely hard day for me to sit there and hold these sweet babies and love on them. Just think that people would discard a child seven feet down a sewage hole made me angry and upset at God. Here are these innocent children abandoned by their parents 
when me and my husband have been trying to have kids for almost five years, just to have one of our own yearning to love a child and to love it. And these people have a chance to be parents and yet choose to abandon them. But I was reminded that God does not waste your pain. God quickly made me realize that although this baby, baby's life began as a sad one, it will not end that way. He, was, he has a plan for her and he has a plan for me and my husband. With the pain of waiting to build a family, we had decided to do something of purpose in the waiting while with R4C, God led us to sponsor a child, and it's a little cost to change someone else's world. But, the, but through seeing the rescue center and all these beautiful children, God spoke to us about our efforts. As Americans, we tend to think that if you can't change the whole system, then why try? But I learned that it's of the utmost importance to do any and everything we can. We may not be able to save, support, and treat everyone, but to those that we can make all the difference, I realize that I must be able to give my five fish and two, oh, is it five fish? No. (laughs) Two fish, five loaves. We're teaching this in the nursery, by the way. (laughs) They'll be teaching me. Anyways, sorry. (laughs) Not much at all. So God can feed the thousands. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) The more I try and change and impact the small area I'm placed in, the more God uses me. That's it. Thank you. Okay, if y'all know me very well, oh, I got the wrong time. Okay, that was not good. If y'all know me very well, this is not my thing, and I'm already on the second Kleenex, so um, I was so grateful to be able to go, and I want to just thank Pastor John and Stephen Shelley. I know it took a lot of work to get all those people together and all the arrangements, and I really appreciate that. One of the things that was really impactful for me was to be able to be a part of the medical stuff. Um, If you don't know, I'm a nurse at JPS, so to be able to see how that's played out in another part of the world was really cool. I've heard about um, the clinic at Moss Lake Corner for a long time, and I I remember talking to Lisa Moore when she was starting it, so it was really cool to see that and see how it was run, and I got to spend the morning there, and a little boy came in. Um... That had, um, he had, he was really hot. They'd taken him from class. He had fever. Well, he had a really bad case of malaria. So I got to hold him while they gave him a shot and until his grandpa came. And then he came back the next day because he had to get three shots in a row. But then they had a carnival. I saw him at the carnival and he looked so much better. So that was really a neat thing to see. And The other thing that the clinic does is they try to do an outreach once a month. So this month they were doing a 
they were going to a primary school that was a government school way out somewhere, and they were going to cut out jiggers. Probably don't know what jiggers was because I didn't. (laughs) Jiggers is like a parasitic flea, and they get it because they're barefooted, and they walk on the dirt, and they live on the dirt, so it digs in, and it tunnels in, and if it's not cut out, they can lose their toes, and if it can go farther, and they can lose their ability to walk, at which point a lot of times they die because they just lay there. So it was really neat to be able to be a part of that, and, um, you know, just while other people were cutting, some of us were just loving on them, because they were cutting on these kids with no anesthesia, no deadening, just cutting. So that was, that was really cool to be a part of that. Um, and just for the record, for those of y'all that are gropping at me for the dirty feet picture, mostly my family, I didn't post those. Yell at Greg Wagner, not me. I was just tagged. <laughs> but um, the two things that I took away really from that was, one, we should be so grateful to live in the United States. I have never had to worry about my kids having malaria. Didn't know what jiggers were. But if my kids needed some kind of medical care, I didn't have to take them to some sidewalk and while they were getting cut on, flies were around. and I didn't have to do that. And the other thing is we can all be used by God if we're just open and available and humble. And we all have different gifts. This group was, I don't know, 20 to 30 people came, people went. I don't know how many people were there. But <laughs> less than 30, more than 20. We ranged in age from 16 to 61. But everybody worked well together. Everybody got along together. And we all had different gifts. I can't sing. I really can't dance. <laughs> Wasn't great at face painting. <laughs> Couldn't even tie a balloon when I was trying to make balloon animals. But not everybody could sit there and cut out jiggers or hold a dirty kid and bathe them while they were getting. But I could do that. So it doesn't matter what you think you can or can't do. If you're just willing to be used, God can use you here and somewhere else. So thank you for loving me. I guess that's the mic drop moment. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, and I was very blessed to be able to go on this trip. And um, one of the many things that hit me, the last song that played in that video, uh, There's Joy in the House of the Lord. Uh, one of the lines that's in that song is that we were the beggars and now we're royalty. You know, we were the prisoners and now we're running free. Oftentimes when I sing these songs here in church about being a beggar or being needy or being destitute in need of the Lord, like for me, it's like a spiritual allegory. You know, it's like, oh man, I'm so thankful that God rescued me in the spiritual realm. But to see, like you've heard, these kids singing these songs barefoot in the mud who have been orphans, who have been cast aside, and yet they're there singing praises to God anyway. It's a very humbling, humbling experience to have that angle 
of your walk with the Lord not only be some spiritual, theoretical thing, but a real, literal, physical challenge that I've never had to deal with. Even us going and having lunch with one of the church um, families afterwards, you know, they, they said to us, you know, Kenya is going through a famine right now, and so uh, make sure you eat whatever it is that they give you, because the chances are high that the meal you are eating, they are giving up their one meal of the day so that you can eat. And it's like, man, that is, that's humbling. I would never do that for any of you. <laughs> I'm going to go get me some Chick-fil-A and you can figure it out, okay? But to have that, like, wow moment, because, and we, we couldn't turn it down because that would have rejected their hospitality, but just what a humbling place to be put in to where they are potentially not going to eat that day just to show us hospitality is just one of those things that just kind of blows you away, that kind of wakes you up, like, out of your American bubble for a little bit, uh, which was indeed a blessing. And so... Um, you know, we, we believe in missions, just like was said earlier, because uh, God is God here, and he is God in Kenya, and he is God over all of creation. And part of the mission that we see in Scripture over and over again is that God seeks to be Lord over all, not just here in Fort Worth, not just America. He's given us the great commission to take the gospel to all peoples, all tongues, all tribes, all languages. And so we were so privileged, I was so privileged and blessed to have just a small physical part of that mission. But I also want to encourage you as my church family that you have had a huge part in this as well. Some of those pictures that you've seen of the sport court, uh, of that science lab at Valerie McMillan High School, things like that, like or at Maasai Corner, um, those are a direct result of the giving of Hallmark uh, from our Giving Tuesday campaigns and, of course, just your general giving and your giving to missions. Like, to be able to see those things with my own eyes, to see how that's going to be used to make an impact on these kids' lives, in their families, in the community with the gospel, uh, it just takes it to a whole new level. Because if you're like me, hopefully you you give and, and you know that Hallmark sends it out and that it's used for good things, but when you're standing there looking at the kids that are benefiting from that, seeing how this church is going to use that sport court to reach their community. It just, it just amplifies the impact of what you have been doing. And so I want to say thank you for what you have done. If you have not started giving, I would say consider this your invitation to give. If you have been giving, I would say consider this your invitation to go. Uh, a big chunk of our group were brand new, first time ever mission trips. It's my first time to Africa. And uh, like was mentioned, there's always going to be fears and doubts and wonderings before the trip. Uh, But I think God affirmed all of us that that was where we needed to be. And so if you've ever had any thought, any desire, any inclination at all to maybe potentially going on a trip, consider this your formal invitation to begin praying about going next year. Thank you. Thank you, Nathan. Um, it was a privilege to be a part of this, this group this time as one of the participants as well as one of the leaders uh, with Mana Worldwide. And uh, thank you for letting us do that. And I'm just, I'm moved. I'm ready to go back. I don't know if the plane is ready right now, but I'm ready to go back. And it was a great trip. 
Uh, is Jill been crying yet? I just want to make sure. Okay, that's that that happened probably before any of us got up here. But uh, what a great trip, Hallmark! I just want to let you know that uh, you sent a wonderful team of people to Africa this time. As part of the leaders, we we got to work with them, and we said it repeatedly that this is one of the most pleasant, hardworking, uh, passionate groups of people that we've we've had the privilege of taking to a place like Africa. So, Hallmark, you 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 did great, and your your team represented you so well, and it was such a privilege to be a part of what what God did there and what He continues to do. Our pastor has been challenging us this year about reaching one more for Christ. Right, that's been our theme, and. And you know what? This team took that, that atmosphere, that spirit with them as they traveled to Africa. They really, truly wanted to see people come to Jesus, and many people did over the trip. And I, I want to just share that with you, but before we do, let me just share a verse. Here's what we know from Scripture. Romans 10 tells us, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how can they believe in him in whom they have never heard And how can they hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Can I tell you, you sent a group of beautiful feet to Africa. And they did a great job. Let me put it this way. Think of uh, Springapalooza. Fallapalooza here at Hallmark. You know how you do that every year a couple times? Well, now we have Kenyapalooza. (laughs) And we spent the day, uh, the, first, the first Sunday that we were there, we uh, had a, a, literally a carnival, and it was much like you experienced here. We had food, we had uh, candy, we had games, uh, we had, uh, well, this was a little different. We had camel rides. We haven't had that yet. Uh, instead of a pet zoo, we had, we had camel rides. We had a dance-off, and um, some of your people did pretty well. Mary killed it, okay? That just... If, uh, if you want to see some dancing, just ask Mary. She, she can do that for you. Uh, we had uh, those kind of, but we also, they we were able to eat. And before they left, everyone took home a bag of flour. There were over a thousand people there. And everyone home took a bag of flour. And that may not mean much to us, but you know how much they ate on that for that next week? And we just got to see as these people graciously grabbed this bag of flour and hugged us because thanking us for that gift. And that was just, that was the first day we, first full day of work that we had. And so that's how it started. Uh, over a thousand people ate and played and, and they felt the love of Jesus in a practical way because of things that you all were able to share with them. Then your group repeated that again the next week in Maasai Corner. And they also, we had personal visits in homes. Um, we had the privilege, Shelly and I, to take another group, and I just a shout-out to True Life Church in San Antonio. They were part of this group. We were able to go to Nairobi and repeat some of the same things and to see, uh, to see personal visits as well as just to, to bring food. And, and we had a basket. And this, uh, this you, just, you have to experience it. We had a bag of, of food that we gave to all the participants at the, at the center that day. But the, the director had, was able, with the money that was given, to purchase just a, a small ream of material so they could make a clothes, a, a dress and a shirt for their family. And when they pulled out that material, there was a standing ovation of people just weeping over just that ability of giving of what someone had given to them. And with that, they felt that Jesus loved them and other people loved them. And at every place, the gospel was presented. Nathan presented to that crowd of a 1,000. 
We had others that presented in each of the homes and they prayed over people. Your folks did what God had called them to do and they took the gospel. And we know for a fact that many of them even got to personally lead someone to Christ. We saw hands raised in all of the services of people who came to know Jesus because they did just what God had called them. Here's what we know. People can only believe if they hear. And they will only hear if somebody tells them. And Hallmark, your group did a great job of telling people about Jesus over this last trip. Again, I just want to say thank you. And I want to just, uh, not everyone knows who went, but if you got to go on the trip, would you just stand? And so everyone could kind of see, we're scattered around a little, a little bit. See them? Very good. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. You can sit down. And uh, as has been said multiple times, they worked hard, they played hard, they prayed hard, and uh, it was just a blessing. Uh, as was already stated, it's a little bit unusual that this group, most of them, was their first time ever to be in Kenya, and many of them the first time ever to be on a, on a mission trip. And for me, this, this is my uh, ninth time that I got to go to Kenya. And, and our first trip uh, hallmark that we took was in 2009. And to watch what God has done in, in those areas all these years because of your faithfulness to give. As, as Nathan mentioned, you know, our, one of our core, core values is radical generosity. And to watch that over the last 14 years back and forth to Kenya, you know, and some of these, I, I think of, of Steve Rhodes, who has been wanting to go on this trip for since 2009 and prayed about it and prayed about it. And just all of a sudden God opened the door for him, him to go. And even he's been sponsoring a kid and he got to meet the kid. In fact, he, he was swinging a kid on the little tire swing and didn't realize at the moment that it was the exact kid that he's been sponsoring for two years. Uh, and then, uh, just a few minutes later, they connected and realized, Oh, you're, you're my child that I get to sponsor. And what a cool Experience, and so I would say, if you've ever thought about going, go. Uh, of course, you're you're going to have fears and and all the about. Well, some of you will. Some of you are like me, and you don't you don't really think much about it. You just go. But uh, if God is prompting you to go, go. We're looking at June the fifth next year to fly out. So mark it on your calendar. Start praying about June the fifth next year. Uh, we are in Psalm chapter four, and so. Uh, I'm going to not spend a lot of time in the, in the chapter just because of, of sake of time, but one of the, uh, a few weeks before we went to Kenya this time, I started receiving Facebook messages from a, a seventh grader uh, at Maasai Corner. She was using her mom's uh, Facebook. And um, over the years, I've been able to take um, both of my kids to Kenya They've been multiple times. My daughter lived over there for about five weeks as an internship and as a college student. And uh, this girl, Irene, began messaging me saying that she had a, was wanting to know if my daughter Blair was coming this time. And I said, no, she's not going to be able to make it. Uh, of course, you know, her assumption is that, you know, we're always side by side, you know. And of course, my daughter now is married. She lives in Las Vegas. And, and, and anyways, I said, no, she's not going to get to come. She said, well, I have a gift for her. Uh, when I see you, I want to give a gift for your daughter. That'd be great. And then she said, I want to, I have a song prepared for you to sing. It's like, that would be awesome. And, and then she said, 
do you like worship music? I said, yes, I like worship music. And she said, what song would you like me to sing for you? And I was like, ah, I don't know. I said, I would love to hear a worship song. And she said, that's great because that's what I have prepared for you. And so this was over about a week and a half of one message at a time on, on Facebook Messenger. So when we got to school, she's a seventh grader. And again, my daughter has had a strong connection to her over the time she spent there. And so she, uh, I pulled her to the side. She wanted to sing for me. And, and I felt a little awkward just me and this girl off on the side singing. So I got my sister-in-law, Jill, to join me. And we were, I just said, yeah, sing for us. And I had no idea what she was going to sing. And she sang the song, The Blessing. Numbers chapter 6, before we get to Psalm 4. This is number 6. This is what the song is, straight from Scripture. And I can't read it. May May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord make his face shine on you. Be gracious to you. May the Lord look with favor on you and give you peace. And here's a seventh grade girl who's probably going to walk back home to a mud hut and dirt floor singing the blessing that Moses gave to Aaron to me. It's a humbling experience. And, and you know, this is one of the reasons that I challenge you for the last 14 years, go on a trip. You'll see God in a different way. You'll see God through different lenses. And so that was on Friday, I believe. And then that next Sunday morning, I get up early Psalm chapter 4 and begin to read Psalm 4 and again in, in preparation for we're going to preach Psalm 4 today right I'm not going to take time to read the whole chapter but look at verse number 6 actually I lied let's read the whole chapter <laughs> I, I looked at my watch it's 1022 but I looked back there. If you guys don't know, there's a, a timer back there. And it got started really late. So it says I have 30 minutes left. So no, I'm just kidding. So this is, I don't know about your Bible. I'm reading from the CSB this morning. And it says in the title here, just kind of a, a subject heading, a night prayer. Like this is a prayer that I wouldn't challenge you. We've challenged you to read Psalm 1 through 10 every day or a couple days a week, the entire summer as we're going through these 10 chapters in Psalm. But I would add another to that is is Psalm chapter four would be a great Psalm to read every night before you go to bed. This is what the Psalmist did. It's his evening prayer. And he says, answer me when I call God who vindicates me. You freed me from affliction. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. How long exalted ones will my honor be insulted. And we don't know exactly, this is King David writing, we don't exactly know what the period of time and what struggle he's going through. 
what we do see in here is that people are attacking his character. Okay, so there, there's struggle in his life. And he says, how long, verse 2, exalted ones will my honor be insulted? How long will you love what is worthless and pursue a lie? Know that the Lord has set apart the faithful for himself. The Lord will hear when I call to him. Isn't that a great word? God comes close to the brokenhearted, Psalm 34. James says that when we draw near to God, he'll draw near to us. And verse 3 or verse four, be angry and do not sin on your bed. Reflect. This reminds me of Psalm chapter one a few weeks ago. Reflect in your heart or meditate in your heart. Be still. Psalm 46, 10, right? Be still and know that I am God. Offer sacrifices in righteous. And here's the key I want you to underline in verse number five. And trust the Lord. So no matter the circumstances, this is the goal, right? Verse number five, trust the Lord. And I think if we will understand that in, in whatever circumstances we are, whether that's, you know, the fear of I'm going to go on a trip and I'm going to fly or, or your finances or your marriage or your kids, whatever the struggle you might be going through right now, what the psalmist is saying is that it's important for us to trust. Trust in the Lord because the Lord, and the Lord is greater than my circumstances. The the Lord is greater than my problems. And then he says in verse number seven. I'm sorry, listen, verse six. Many are asking, who can show us anything good? You know, there's always going to be doubters, right? There's always going to be the people that want to speak negativity over your life. Yeah, God's really been good to you. And then David says, let the light of your face shine us, Lord. And so as I'm sitting early in the morning before the sun come up, listening to the ocean, and I'm reflecting on the trip, and I hear the voice of this precious little girl singing Numbers chapter 6 over me. I open up my Bible, turn to Psalm chapter 4, and what does the psalmist say? Lift up the light of your countenance, or let your face shine upon me. Sometimes God just reminds you He's good, He's in control, and He's with you. Verse number 7. You have put more joy in my heart than they have when their grain and new wine abound. I will both lie down and sleep in peace. For you alone, Lord, make me live in safety. And what the psalmist is saying, and this is what we, every one of us got to experience on the trip. Look at verse number seven again. You have put more joy in my heart than they have when their grain and new wine abound. What the psalmist is saying is that joy comes from the Lord. When we put our trust in God, his joy, it, it, 
goes outside the bounds of my circumstances, my issues, my problems, my fears. And even what he equates is like, even when they, the ungodly, those who don't follow you, even when they have all the blessings that the world has to offer, right? Riches is what he's equating this to. God, when I trust in you, I have more joy than all that the world has to offer. And when you walk into a classroom where you step to the side of the classroom and you hear a precious girl's voice, you, you, you experience the joy of the Lord. And then verse 80 says, peace. Like even in his problems, what he's saying on his prayer at his bedtime is, I'm going to trust in the Lord. He's going to give me joy. and He's going to give me peace. And I'm going to sleep. I'm going to rest. And I, I want to say thank you for letting us go. To be reminded that joy is outside of our situation. Joy is found in a person. That's Jesus. I'm going to ask you just to close your eyes for a moment this morning. And I want you just to, you you heard a lot of different testimonies and and something pricked your heart. I'm convinced of that. Maybe the story of the girl who was thrown down the drain. God rescued her. Maybe the story of the kids who were dropped off or walked a couple miles to a public school just to get their feet cut up, treated. Maybe just the word of God speaking in your life this morning to say, you know, joy is found in Jesus. And again, I do, I, my goal this morning is, is very simple. is to put your, your eyes and your focus on Jesus. Because he can give you peace. And he can give you rest. And he can give you joy. And he can give you eternal life. And he can give you a home in heaven. And apart from Jesus, none of this world matters. And as Steve read Romans 10, if call the name of the Lord he'll save you he'll give you joy he'll give you peace so we're going to close the service with just a time of worship this is another song we got to hear the kids sing to us and it was just like washed over us more of you God more of you I'm going to pray for us and I'm going to have you stand and, and then the next few minutes as we sing, it's your time. If you want to come and pray at the altar, if you want to gather up around your family and pray, just let's seek the Lord. If it's to turn over your problems and your fears and your struggles, God, I, I'm just going to trust you. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the safety of the trip and letting us get there and back and, and all the details that that went well we thank you for that but Lord more than that we thank you that we got to experience 
true joy in, in life of believers in Kenya. Lord, we pray for our missionaries that are there. Lord, we pray for David and Kim, that you would give them strength. For Mitch and Beth, Lord, that you would continue to give them the ability to be faithful. For Alicia and Michaela, Lord, just strengthen them, encourage them. And Lord, I pray for us as a church, for us as individuals, Lord, that our focus would be solely on you. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things. we give this next few minutes to you and speak into us. I'm going to ask you to stand as we worship.